This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. There he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Manly Command Center Man Cave inside the Melbourne Law Studio. Melbourne Law with 50 years of experience. The only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, Melbourne Law, won't back down. And crime prevention, worry less with crime prevention and security systems by preventing package theft with their doorbell camera. Contact them today at cpss.net. And we want to give a shout out to Maurice T. McDaniel, our uh, lawyer, law offices of Maurice T. McDaniel, fifth generation Floridian, who is a uh, Army veteran, former member of the Military Intelligence Detachment of the 7th Special Forces Group out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina, practicing law in around High Springs. So if you need him, by golly, you got him because he supports our mugshots 45, I don't know, lose track of fingers and toes, thousand hits a month, something like that. So we uh, welcome you today. Today is our open line Friday, and it's uh, up to you uh, to participate and talk whenever you want to talk and Ask any questions you want to ask and make any comments you want to make. The number is, I think we'll have it on the screen here again as a reminder, uh, 352-389-3997. So um, you're welcome to uh, chat with me live on the phone uh, anytime you want. Uh, production will hear you uh, answer the call and um, hold you until... We can remove you from our holding room, huh? Um, plantation mark checking on. We got some great people who support us, not only our sponsors, but also some donors out there who help us. So um, we appreciate all that. We have been uh, trying to uh, bring you cutting edge uh, information here that will help you navigate the world today, um, both locally and perhaps nationally, but particularly it's been focused on local things here the last um, few programs. And um, by the way, our good buddy, Josh Taylor, has uh, sent me some pictures from the Swanee River Jam. Boy, it looks like a great activity. Uh, used to clog up there years ago. I really like the clogging. Haven't done it for a long time. But uh, get back up in the woods there, get you a fiddle going, and get to clogging. So uh, the Swanee River Jam is going on if you don't have much else to do. If you're tired of watching baseball lose and all that, uh, you can... Uh, participate up there in the Swanee River Jam. Music, 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 out in the woods, camping out, river. You can't get any better life than that. And Josh is the MC for that. So uh, we recommend if you want to scoot out of town a little bit and get into the, um, the backwoods, so to speak, the rivers and the camps, uh, go to the Swanee River Jam. It's a fantastic activity. So uh, we... Um, of course, I've had some ongoing stories here for quite a while that we've been sharing with you, and I'll give you 
a couple of updates that are pretty darn interesting that uh, have to do with stories that we started. Um, and now they have really begun to get some national publicity from now we've got a, a cover of, of, of how shall I call it a I think it's the most developed story I've seen so far on the uh, voting in the jail. And of all places, it comes out of something called the Louisiana Illuminator. It was published yesterday. The author is Kyra Lerner. And um, the details, I'm going to go through it as she put it together because it is very thorough. And of all places for it to come out of the Louisiana Illuminator, about something here that happened in our Alachua County Jail. Now you have to remember way back when our state attorney said the Ward Scott Files had two little listeners. You had the adjective little. This got back to me, I thought it was so funny. And now we've got the story that he really initially didn't take very seriously until we began to nudge and push and I'll sort of cover that this half hour with you. You interrupt anytime you want to with a call, but uh, Obviously, it's got your legs, and obviously, this whole issue is beginning to catch fire in various parts of the country. You know, people have been asking me, will the truth ever come out? And I've always said, well, if you believe what Hamlet says, foul deeds will rise, though all the earth overwhelm them to men's eyes, then you would have to say they will come out. But when? You know, that's the question. It could be today, tomorrow, week, month, years. In the case of the fully... Uh, the story about the election and Hillary and all that business, it's going to take quite a while because there have been such a diligent, well, to, if you put it mildly, lethargy, laziness on the part of officials. If you put a little stronger fear on the part of the officials, and if you put it even stronger that, just absolute complicity in, on the part of the officials. And I count the media as part of the officials. So, I um, thought this was interesting. I will kind of go through the language of the article in the Louisiana Illuminator as written by Kara Lerner, because it's, it's, it's very revealing how this little story that we broke here on the Wartz God Files that really began with, of course, our data investigator has become national news and is now being looked at very carefully in other states. So this lady writes that the Florida authorities arrested a black man while he was staying in a homeless shelter. Now we've researched this writer and generally this writer is, a, is on the left of news, generally is sympathetic with the left, uh, generally slants her articles from the point of view of the left. I got to say that this one's pretty well balanced, but you can still hear the particular slant of the left in the way this sentence is arranged. Florida authorities arrested a black man. Well, does it matter? Really? Yes, I guess it does, doesn't it? Staying in a homeless shelter. Yes, we said that, we covered that and charged him with voting illegally in a case. Now here comes, you hear the little left leaning, I'm gonna say the next word, tied to Republicans drive to root out the election. Beep. 
My dear uh, learner, uh, writer, this is not too tied to a Republican's drive. I'm going to just say this right now. The Republican Party of this county has not participated one iota. Not one iota in this investigation. It is the Ward Scott Files, period. The Republican, I have never communicated with the chair of the Republican Party, Ed Braddy, about this story, nor has Ed Braddy ever communicated with me about this incident. Why did this creep in to this article? Why did it creep in? Well, I'll tell you why it crept in. Because, as I said, at the opening of my comments today, pardon me if I sneeze because the pollen is pretty bad. Um, this is a, excuse me, a writer who traditionally views things through the prism of left-leaning glasses, if you want to use it. Well, how do you know that if you read the narrative? Well, you have to realize that you're listening to the mind work on language of a writing professor, all right? If you use words, you better get up real early if you're going to use them in a way that I don't learn an awful lot about you and vice versa, you learn about me. But there is no establishment in this article that the Republicans, this rooting out of election beep is tied to the Republicans drive, except, except, and this is never developed, I'll have to explain it for you. Our investigation and the results of our investigation worked its way up to Tallahassee to the governor's office and out of the governor's office, and we can't prove to you a cause and effect relationship, but we certainly know there was awareness and in, an information flow out of that, yes, yes, did come the elections bill. So I wish this writer had written it a little differently. This did not come from Tallahassee down, my friends. This did not come from Tallahassee down. It came from little old Alachua County, a blue liberal screaming left county, up and out. And how did it do it? By the commitment and the passion and the enthusiasm and the research ability of just a couple of people. The data investigator and yours truly. There's nobody else behind this story. Do you get that? There's nobody else. There are two guys working together who trust each other in the dark to know where the other is without having to verbalize and ask. Pushing this rock up this hill. So if you want to say our case is tied to Republicans drive, 
Yes. But if you want to write it accurately, and if you were turning this into my rhetorical strategies class, I would put a red check out here and say, do you mean to state that this way? Because it's not completely accurate. Next paragraph. But Calvin Bolton's arrest raises questions about the rollout of Amendment 4 passed by Florida voters in 2018 to restore voting rights to Floridians with felony convictions. It really doesn't raise questions about Amendment 4. It raises questions about the supervisor of election and Zuckerbucks. It doesn't raise questions about Amendment 4. But this left-leaning writer is going to take it in that direction. Rather than ask questions about Zuckerbucks, and rather than ask questions about the lethargy, incompetence, ineptness, or just plain ho-hum of the supervisor elections and the exchange of emails that nevertheless were disregarded, obviously, by T.J. Pichet, who took the Fifth Amendment, it's going to raise questions about Amendment 4. Really? Now, here's some more left-leaning language. This is how it creeps into the minds of people. The next paragraph is, the case is one of the first of its kind since Florida ended the Jim Crow era voting policy that disproportionately affected black citizens. So you see this, this writer is going to turn this into a racial issue. It's going to take the focus off of the real culprit. Okay? Now, the supervisor elections is black. We know from studying the Facebook posts, which are now taken down, that T.J. Pichet is extremely left. It is so that seven of the 10 violators signed up, and there are many more than this, by the way, by T.J. Pichet were black, but three were white. So, and then we get in this Jim Crow stuff. It's got nothing to do with anything, my friends. It's got nothing to do with anything. I don't even, it's, it, never, it never even entered my mind that somehow, I mean, I lived through all this stuff. It's not even on the drawing board. Bolton's arrest shows how the constitutional amendment now is being weaponized against poor people who may not realize they're committing a crime. Now, just a minute. Time out. Time out. The amendment was not weaponized against poor people. There was no weaponizing. T.J. Pichet had already received, we have proof of it, an email from, Bolt, from uh, Barton saying, don't sign up felons. Don't sign up felons. So how in the world? Who's doing the weaponizing? 
Who's doing the weaponizing? It sounds to me as if the actual weaponizing is flaunting the law by the election officials. So and then we have another paragraph. I got to go through this because I'm going to go through this and grade it with you. And I want you to realize how there's some good things in this article. One of the good things is that out the Louisiana Illuminator covered the story that originated by was originated by two guys. But she, the, the, the Louisiana Illuminator is covering the story with a huge slant and bias. Okay, so I'm showing it to you. You can make up your own mind. You can call in and talk about it. I wish you would call in. Somebody comment on this stuff. Besides me, you just want me to do all the thinking? So when law enforcement found 55-year-old Bolton at the homeless shelter and arrested him for illegal voting, according to court records, and as first reported by Fresh Take Florida at the University of Florida, he was on early release from jail, but still serving two and a half years for theft and simple battery. That paragraph is essentially true. That's essentially true. Now, the next paragraph, I'm going to look at it. Bolton, who is currently being held in the Lodgewood County Jail on $30,000 bail, that's true, is one of 10 people recently charged in the Gainesville, Florida area with third-degree felonies for illegal voting. Eight of the 10 are black men. I think it's seven, but we'll let her count eight. Uh, that, that, that's true with maybe one little glitch. I have to go back and check that. Um, but it serves the purpose of her premise, which is that this is racially discriminating. Once again, she's playing the race card. I've established this, have I not? She's playing the race card in something that we didn't even know the race of the people when we found the voting. It's as if from the point of view of Louisiana Illuminator, we went looking, we, the reporters, went looking, the data investigator and yours truly went looking for black guys we could catch. Wasn't it at all. So here is the really basis of how people's misinformation, misunderstanding uh, gets embedded in the minds of the misinformed, the ill-advised people who go around and become hard-leaning left. This, this, this article is driving them to the left, okay? It's driving them to the left. So I'm going to jump around a little bit, go to the next thing I've established in the first. If I had the writer in class, I would say uh, it's very clear that you have manipulated the details in such a way that you're blaming this on racism. It has nothing to do with racism. But we didn't, you know, we didn't put the people in jail. That's a whole nother essay, whether the, whether the jail is full disproportionately, all oh, the minorities and all this stuff. The, the jail is full of minorities because that's who commit the crimes. 
So this is his sister that we're doing a little research on now, as far as we can tell. Uh, she's, she's not of the same ilk that her brother is. But um, uh, she said her name is Deborah Derbra, Derbra, D-E-R-B-R-A, Derbra Owete, I guess is the way you say it, O-W-E-T-E. And she's quoted in the article saying, if someone in the prison came up to him and said, hey, man, you know you can vote, even though you're in prison, Kelvin would vote. He wouldn't question it because somebody in authority told him he could vote. Now, there is a pretty interesting quote. So it makes the objective reader ask the question, if that's the case, did an official, in this case, T.J. Pichet, come up to one Kelvin Bolton and say, here, sign this. And then one Kelvin Bolton, innocent, limited in awareness, whatever you want to call it, took on face value from the fact that the clipboard was shoved under his nose, that he was authentic. A reasonable person would have to conclude yes. But, you know, everybody's not reasonable. So the sister describes this fellow as gullible and impressionable. He's, um, you know, he's been in foster care, all these extenuating circumstances. That's all the more reason that T.J. Pichet should not have taken advantage of him. It's clear from this that T.J. Pichet never asked any questions of anybody. In this case, anyway, I can't generalize about everybody, but certainly about Kelvin Bolton. Never asked any questions, any questions whatsoever. Just stuck the clipboard out there and said, sign. Dedrick Deron Baldwin. Another one of the 10 people facing illegal voting charges stemming from the voter registration bribe told Fresh Take Florida that he, he didn't know he was ineligible. And this is a quote from him. They told us that if we weren't already convicted of our current crime, then we were able to sign up and vote. Now that's testimony from somebody who's been charged and arrested. And I'm going to ask you to keep that in your mind because later on, we're going to balance that comment against one by one Derry Lloyd, who's the chief investigator for one Brian Kramer, who's the state DA. And they've already exonerated. They've already exonerated T.J. Pichet, even though the guy took the fifth. That, that's, does that make sense to you? Does that make sense? Anyway. What is it if T.J. Pichet knows that the state attorney doesn't know and doesn't want to know? Here's a quote again. They told us that if we weren't already convicted of our current crime, then we were able to sign up and vote. This man wrote this from prison. And then he says they probably signed 65 or 70 people up that day. So I don't understand how I can be charged with voter misconduct. All I was doing was what they told me I had a right to do. 65 or 70, we wondered that too. 
We've wondered that too. Now, they go to Kim Barton, who's a supervisor of elections. He's been crusty, if you will, uh, snappy with reporters when they've asked her questions. And she's a public official. You never mistreat the reporters, particularly the young ones around here in this community. You don't tell them to get out of my face as Dion McGraw did. You don't say, oh, you people are always saying something. No, all that young lady was doing when she talked to Barton was, hey, this is what the report says of the FDLE. You don't do that. That shows that something isn't quite right. Does it not? A normal reaction from a normal human being would be, unless there's something that is touchy about this issue, very, very calmly and deliberately answered. Particularly if you're a public official. But this paragraph points out something. Barton, that's the supervisor, declined to comment on the voter registration drive, directing all questions to prosecutors. Why not? Because the next sentence says all employees of her office have been cleared of any wrongdoing in connection with the drive. Cleared, here's what gets me, cleared before the testimony in due process in the judicial system has been on, placed on the public record by the Dedrick Deron Baldwins and the Kelvin Boltons before that testimony is even entered into the public record, Derry Lloyd clears them of wrongdoing. How does that work? How do you reach a conclusion? All this tells you it should have gone to a grand jury because they don't have any dog in the hunt. They'll listen to it and do what makes sense. That's the people's ears. How does this happen? That this man's testimony, Dedrick Don Deron Baldwin, quoted by a left-leaning writer from the Louisiana Illuminator, how is it that the chief investigator for Brian Kramer has already cleared him? before due process has established his clearance is valid or not. I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, this is a statement from Lloyd. I want you to take this statement and balance it against the one by Deron Baldwin, okay? Derry Lloyd, chief investigator with the office of Republican state attorney Brian Kramer, said that all individuals charged with illegal voting committed crimes because they knowingly registered to vote while ineligible and then cast ballots, even though there's been no testimony taken in court. He says, according to this reporter, and we have to, you know, Allow for that, that they've already, they're all, they knew what they were doing when they, when they registered. That's never been established on the record in a court of law. And yet the chief investigator is making that statement. 
And then he furthermore says, and this is a quote put in the article by the writer, quote, they knew they didn't have the right to vote and they did it anyway. Really? Really? Let's have a deposition. Let's have a deposition under oath. How do you know they knew? Did you take a deposition? Well, we want a public record. We're going to make a request for the deposition. We'll make up our minds about that. You won't make a mind. You won't make your, our minds up for us, Derry Lloyd. This ain't over yet. You follow me? Two little guys. Two little guys. The data investigator and yours truly. Up against the entire state attorney's office. That's the way I see it right now. If this guy's going to make, make, make statements like that. I mean, come on. We can take a break. I'm going to be quiet when we come back from the break. I'm going to sit around and see if anybody calls up. If not, I'll have some coffee and sit here and listen to the dog howl. That's some other things I can talk about. Let's take a break. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. What I have discovered just by doing the Word Scott Files. It's amazing. It, it, it blows me away even. Right back on the Word Scott Files. This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, r and Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page, or call my friend, Freddie, at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, Thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Okay, we got Mark on the line now. Okay. Sorry, yeah, I'm here, Ward. Okay, brother. Let okay. Me hear about your, let me hear about your garden and the frost and then whatever else is on your mind. Yeah, like, well, first of the thing I put out the other day was we had that little rain thunderstorm come up here the other day. The next morning, all nine 50-foot rows of corn come out of the ground. And uh, I went and bought a bunch of, bought five cattle panels 
and uh, redid my cucumber bed and a whole bunch <laughs> of other stuff around here. I still have two panels to put up and uh, about 20 tomatoes to plant and okra and everything else. So it's coming along. I just hope that uh, we don't suffer the ills of frost last year like we did in May. Uh, that would be detrimental. I've already lost probably $30, $40 worth of plants out there. And I replanted zucchini this morning. Well, you got time to do that. You got time to tune in on this story we've been covering. What's your impressions of what's going on here in the old county you used to live in? Uh, it's very intriguing. And uh, just as the debacle going on up there in D.C. with the, uh, the ministers of truth they're trying to form up there. Uh, what it, it just strikes me that these people are just unwilling to carry out their duties as prescribed in uh, their job description as prosecutors and and everything else. You you just can't sit around and uh, say, "Well, you're clear, uh, nothing to see here." You know, the old Jedi mind trick because people aren't paying attention and people don't pay attention up here either i i'm i'm so put out with the republican party of virginia right now because they're going to hold a caucus and not a primary and come to find out there's like 12 people republicans lined up against my congressman up here who's got a hundred percent voting record in washington so uh i've been venting on uh, the republican party up there in, in virginia up in richmond and uh they can't seem to give me a good answer of why we can't take a guy that's going to win big anyway and just leave a Republican in this district and have to run uh, a whole bunch of other people against him in a caucus where you have to go basically get people to go to Richmond on a certain day and vote for whichever candidate they want. Uh, we need a primary and not a caucus. The Democrats will probably hold a primary, but there's very few people trying to unseat any of the Democrats. Well, that's so interesting that you're so well tuned in everywhere you go, and you've been a, a fan and supporter of the show for so long. The Par excellence, for those of you who don't know, our good friend Mark Cook uh, uh, and his wife Mar uh, Margaret and Nelson, all of them, they, they uh, are living on land and living it, um, but they're absolutely tuned in politically. I, I, um, you know, and for those of you who don't know, Mark, he used to live in, in East Gainesville, did you not, sir? Oh, yeah. I lived right out there off of East University Avenue and 38th Street. So, and, yeah, and you went, to high, you went to high school here, did you not? I did. I, I went to Lake Forest Elementary there on Southeast 43rd the first year it was built. And then I went to the old Buholt. One year before they closed it, and we ended up going to uh, Howard Bishop for two years, and then I finished up at GHS. So oh, I graduated. Yeah. yeah, I graduated in 1970, and two years later, I was drafted, joined the Navy, and uh, spent 26 out of 30 years in Virginia. <laughs> so the only other place I went was uh, Groton, Connecticut. Uh, at the sub base up there to be an instructor. And that's and right. you, were, you were associated with the submarines, is that right? <clears throat> yeah, I was a nuclear component welder and uh, I worked uh, fast attack submarines, uh, the old Sturgeon class 637 boats, the uh, LA 
688 class and uh, the nuclear aircraft carriers with the big A4W reactors on them, among other things. Well, you've had a very interesting um, life, and I really appreciate all the uh, friendship we've had over the years and uh, continued support and friendship is always much appreciated. Um, if um, you don't uh, uh, have much else you want to add to this, we got a, another chat perhaps coming up. So uh, anything you want to add, Mark, why shoot away at it, brother. No, we'll, we'll just be sitting back here listening, Warden. Uh, I'll make the show every day, and if I'm not here, I'm probably taking Margaret to one of her 100-mile rides to Richmond for one of her medical appointments there. So uh, we'll talk at you all later, Ward. Have a good thank one, everybody. Good weekend. Thank you, Seth. Thank you so much. That's uh, our fond uh, supporter we call Plantation Mark, and you can see why we refer to Mark as Plantation Mark. He is the real deal and has a, a very interesting life and is very, very versatile, can do so many things, very independent, but, uh, you know, very clear thinker. I really appreciate those type of people being associated with Ward Scott Files and all the others out there uh, who are like-minded like Mark and who want to think for themselves and don't want to get the right information. So uh, we've got a good suggestion here. I'm going to take it up. Uh, from one of our great supporters, Jim Murphy, who says we should be asking for investigative summaries and statements made by suspects that were conducted, uh, I assume there, uh, by the, the uh, we have it on the FDLE, I think, Jim, but the question is um, the, the, the behavior of the uh, state attorney's office from, could, appears to not necessarily match um, the conclusion that the FDLE reached. And we wonder why. Um, I have to go back and look at that a little more carefully here. It raises something that's not fresh in my mind. Uh, the data investigator would know immediately what the, what's going on here. Whether or not the uh, FDLE uh, cleared uh, Pichet, but then Pichet took the fifth. So uh, I have to go back. It's a very good point. I want to go back. That's why it's important that you all participate as research team members and all of you in the community are indeed research team members. That's the way we look at you. And, you know, this is a community effort. We, I listened to your input and I want to go back and take a look at that. Uh, why is it that, <clears throat> the mystery in this obviously is, why does, is Derry Lloyd able to tell this reporter from the Louisiana world um, that uh, uh, nobody is going to be charged when uh, we don't know how he reached that conclusion? And that conclusion should have been reached, I think, is the point of Jim Murphy's post here on the face chat uh, by a testimony which is in the public record and was taken in the judicial process um, by the state attorney, not FDLE. I would think I got to look at that. That's very interesting. So <clears throat> the, uh, uh, the uh, another thing that, that, that is in this article is rather interesting is um, um, this invest well this reportage by this Louisiana paper uh, could not determine uh, how much Bolton knew about his unpaid and fee fines and fees. We don't really know that, do we? We only have the testimony of the sister who's saying, well, he's not aware of what he's doing. Um, and yet, well, therefore, one would reasonably think that Pichet would take more due diligence and care with him than just use him which is 
appears to be the case. Let's just be frank. It appears to be the case there was an attempt to build bodies, to build body count. Ironically, um, this fella who registered Republican, we don't know, I don't know if he voted Republican, his sister testifies in this uh, to the newspaper reporter here that she doesn't even know if he knows the difference between Republican and Democrat. Probably she says he doesn't. And so uh, uh, the, the, the newsroom can't, the, the, of, the, of the Louisiana paper can't determine whether Bolton knew about his unpaid fines and fees, let alone whether he knows the difference between a Democrat and Republican party. And the county jail, this is in detail, it's in this, in this article, the county jail, Lachlan County Jail, only permits reporters to schedule calls with detainees with permission from the individual's attorney. So that's kind of interesting, isn't it? That as a reporter, and I be one, I would not be able to go into the county jail to talk to a detainee. Isn't that a nice word? That's a that's kind of a liberal um, um, term for an inmate, uh, detainee, prisoner. That's not what's used. It's a detainee. I would not be able to go into the Alachua County Jail uh, to talk to a detainee without permission from that detainee's attorney. And in this case, Bolton has a public defender. So how is it that T.J. Pichet can go into the, this is another question I'm, I'm just beginning to realize, I just generated out of my own conversation with you, my listeners, how is it that uh, T.J. Pichet can go in and talk to a detainee without permission from the detainee's attorney, but the reporter can. Now, that's, I got to look into that. That's another question that's generated here. So a couple of generated questions from this conversation here with you all is, uh, let's ask Derry Lloyd for the uh, documents from which he drew his conclusion that uh, everybody is exonerated in the state of, in, in the uh, supervisor elections office, particularly when one took the fifth. How does that work? Uh, and then you know, two, uh, how is it that T.J. Pichet can go into the uh, jug and sign up people without uh, talking to the individual's attorney? So um, that, that, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, when asked, when, when the reporting uh, outfit here, which is the Illumin Louisiana Illuminator, uh, uh, you know, when it asked uh, uh, the, the public defender for Bolton, um, who was pled not guilty, by the way, why, um, uh, to comment on the ongoing litigation, um, the public defender, now um, Stacy Scott, I think, is the head dog over there in that public defender world, um, they said that they don't believe it's in their client's best interest to comment. Well, the plot thickens, does it not? I mean, here we go. Uh, what are we hiding? What are we talking about? What do you mean it's not in the client's best interest to comment? In other words, what I take that to mean is we're going to run this to the judicial system. <clears throat> well, if you run it through the judicial system, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> then has not Derry Lloyd spoken prematurely? I'm not, that's my conclusion right now until somebody shows me something I'm missing. Is not Derry Lloyd spoke, has he not spoken prematurely? That he's exonerated all the people in state uh, supervisor elections office before the accused have had, their, have had their day in court. 
And then, and then how's that work? So that's a good question. I don't have an answer. I don't know if anybody out there has an answer. Certainly able to call in and talk to me about it. Um, furthermore, it's the reporter of Louisiana uh, Illuminator says it's unclear how Bolton could ever have determined that he owed unpaid fees while he was in the county jug. He wouldn't have been able to reach out to the clerk's office. See, this is another flaw in all this crap that Lloyd is saying, well, you know, and Kramer is saying, well, um, you know, they need to check with the clerk of this. Well, really, Barton's saying it. It's not my responsibility. It's a responsibility of these people in jail to check with the clerk of the court to see if they're uh, able to register. Well, how in the world are they going to be reaching out to the clerk of the court when they're in the jug? I need to write that question down before I forget it. Excuse me just a minute. Okay, just a minute. I got to make a couple notes to myself here while I'm, while I'm talking to you all. I want to follow up on. Okay, I'm back. I'll jot these things down before I forget them. I'm going to look into them. So, here goes the kicker. In the article by the Louisiana Illuminator, Lloyd said that Kramer is developing an initiative with supervisor of elections so that citizens can verify their voting status if they're unsure. We're not talking about citizens, my man. We're talking about detainees. Let me write that down. Detainees. Don't play, don't, don't play word games with the professor here. Okay? Don't play word games with me. Yes, sir. Put him on. Tell me when he's on. Hey, good, hey, good Hello, morning. Doug. Hey, Doug, just, you just can't use, I'm going to have to beep you if you use the F word on voter, okay? I'm not going to say anything like that. Um, <laughs> uh, it kind of ties into what you're talking about here where, you know, that influence issue on the on on the elections and, you know, it, the thing that you're talking about with T.J. Pike and the activities from the supervisor of elections and in Alachua County is kind of small potatoes on on the influence game, and it's looking very much like we're we're getting kind of the bit of look underneath the carpet of all the dirt under there associated with some big platforms that that were up to no good. Probably we all knew that was the case, but I think we're going to see some here in the coming weeks and months that's going to open some eyes. Well, along that line, uh, Doug, um, the Georgia elections chief is investigating new allegations of voter beep and ballot harvesting. And this just came out yesterday from a radio station, WIBC 93.1 FM. And it says that the Georgia Secretary of State 
says his office. Now, this is a year and a half later, and this is your point, I think, or speaks sort of to your point, is investigating new allegations of ballot harvesting and the registration of non-citizens to vote. That's a little different wrinkle uh, than people in the jug um, who are detainees, but citizens. Here, um, these are citizens. I keep going back to the interview that you did with Ramsey Samurai, talking about his um, interaction with the 2000 election. And basically coming up with, you know, if you want to do something on a massive basis, you've got to have valid ballots out and out in the thing. And then you've got to legalize this harvesting piece. So, and in, in 2020, that, that, that game got ran on us. Well, and that's what they found in Georgia is to follow up with you on this. Um, they have found, according to this um, uh, office, um, they did a citizenship audit of the Georgia voter rolls and found that there were more than 1,600 non-citizens who tried registering to vote. And um, they, they tested, you know, I don't know how many did successfully do it. This opens up the whole issue of the immigration, uh, porous immigration at the border. And we've always suspected that those people will come in and vote as if they were citizens. In fact, there have even been moves or, 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 or forays, if you will, by the Democrat Party to attempt to do that, to allow non-citizens to, to register to vote. I mean, come on now, come on. So, so you're talking now about not just one modality or, or vector into, into adding up, you know, votes or, or it, it's multiple vectors. And, you know, I... Uh, I think coming up on this election and definitely in 2024, we've got to be on on our game. And I hope that uh, the Republicans and independents are out there. And it, it appears that they're out there doing the stuff that they need to do legally to make sure that the, the ground game is defended, because that's very, very important, we found out. And you're speaking, just for the people who are listening to you, you're speaking from our, out west, correct? What state? Um, I'm out in Washington, yeah. Seattle. One of your buddies said that you were a defector because you got out of here <laughs> and uh, <laughs> ran to Washington rather than stick it out with us and slug it out. Uh, did you not used to be a city commissioner of Archer? Yeah, I was a city commissioner elected in 2012 and served as a commissioner, vice mayor, and mayor. And uh, on the side note, I, I, I would like to mention Archer is uh, has uh, indicated officially that they're they're looking into working with city of Newberry on that long-awaited uh, wastewater <laughs> uh, treatment solution, and it looks like it's going to happen with the with the group out there in, in Newberry. You know, uh, Mayor Marlowe, that commission, and uh, and Mike News team out there. I think there's a fighting chance that we're finally going to get that vital infrastructure development down in Archer. And as you know, yours truly was the first to propose that idea and it got shot down by the Archer commission. (laughs) Well, you just got to let things, uh, um, you know, like fine wine, they got (laughs) to mature a little bit and then it became somebody else's idea. And that's just fine. That's okay. Yeah. I've learned this too. Uh, uh, everything has timing involved with it. They just weren't ready. To, 
I'm now Newberry was ready back then. I had them ready. This is for your other listeners. I was a city manager. Newberry was ready. Archer wasn't ready. And because one of the commissioners was hung up on the fact that if they got a deal from GRU, they'd also get the bundle. I heard so much about the bundle. I almost went nuts, Doug. The bundle was the internet and all that other stuff. <laughs> that GRU really shouldn't yeah, be. Well, luckily, they didn't take the GRU or the bundle because that would have been horrible for Archer. Oh, been terrible. But it would have been just absolutely terrible. Well, thanks for calling anyway, in. Ward, yeah. I really appreciate what you're doing here. Keep it up, and uh, um, thank you, and have a great day. Thank you for calling in, Doug. Doug Jones, was, uh, he's out in Washington now. He's involved in the medical world and the data analysis of all the things. Dur during the height of the COVID era, I used to rely quite frequently on Doug's uh, statistical reports on how the uh, COVID situation was working on the West Coast, and he knew because his responsibility, as I understand it anyway, was to provide the hospitals with accurate data, accurate data of what was so and what wasn't so about COVID infections. So he's um, a, a, a very sharp guy, data analysis, and uh, is out on the West Coast now. But once the mayor was, was once the mayor and a city commissioner of the city of Archer, where I was once uh, a city manager. So uh, uh, and I really appreciate his support of the show and listening to the show and all that. So we've got people all over the country who are tuning into our show. And of course, we have awardscottfiles.com. Uh, uh, you can always uh, listen to this show there and see it. You can also uh, listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, uh, a bunch of different places. And, it, you know, it runs 24-7 there, uh, 365. So, uh we appreciate all that. And anytime you want to support us and you don't want to be known as a supporter unless you want us to let people know, you can certainly hit the donate button and, and uh, donate to the show. And many people do. We really appreciate that. And of course, we have our sponsors. And every time you get a chance to have a dry cleaning need, you go to On the Spot. And every time you might need some construction or remodeling, you go to R&R &R Construction you need to have your hair styled, you go to my great buddy, David Ratliff, uh, right there uh, 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 around the corner uh, uh, from across the street from where they're building that big, massive new Publix. So these guys are all really great, great supporters. And and I'm going to leave somebody out, so I'm going to quit talking about it. But um, this this was a quite an interesting uh, piece of information. And I got to tell you that this was uh, this article today was supplied to me by the data investigator who regularly runs a routine search, national search, for anything that has to do with anything we're doing here. And boy, more and more things are popping up in national publications about what we started here. And uh, we, we, we always have felt that if we could just uh, get the bottle out and uh, the note out in enough bottles and send it out to enough islands that sooner or later uh, things would begin to make sense to people. So um, this is uh, right now, it looks as if uh, they all want to pass the buck off on uh, some sort of system that doesn't exist. They want to shift the focus of what is the responsibility of this. We have the character, T.J. Pichet. We know who he is. We know when he quit. We know what emails he got. We did a pretty thorough investigation. So we, uh, we, um, we're, we're, you have to really get up really early to, to um, fool us on anything. So the, um, 
the let me see if I can just scan this real quickly with you. Uh, Derry Lloyd uh, uh, has told this publication um, that the charges in Lachua County stem from a citizen complaint. I can tell you that Derry Lloyd was not very enthusiastic. And uh, there is a kind of a misstatement here uh, when this reporter says that Lloyd said, so I can blame it on, the, Lloyd can blame it on the reporter, but I know the story. Lloyd said the state attorney's office sent the complaint to local law enforcement to investigate, but because the alleged offenses, offenses took place in the jail, which is operated by the sheriff, they passed the allegations on to the state. Um, that is true. The, uh, but there's a little reason why, you know, it, it, the state attorney didn't want to touch it. I can tell you there's a story behind that, we, we, we think. So anyway, we, it was taken to Clovis Watson Jr. Clovis Watson Jr. was not the sheriff. Sadie Darnell was the sheriff when this went on. Now, that you might want to factor that in. Um, it, it's not come up that she had any awareness or anything to do with that. And um, uh, I, I, believe the, I believe the director of the jail then was Robert Woody. I don't know. That changes. That, that role has changed quite frequently. But um, um, these that uh, uh, was passed on to FDLE. So that Florida Department of Law Enforcement now has been expanded into this election investigation uh, committee uh, that DeSantis has now formed. And it has its own police power, its own uh, staffing, its own financial support. And uh, we'll see. It has... Uh, uh, perhaps a little more objectivity independent. We don't know how that's all going to play out in uh, this whole scheme story as it develops. It's a developing story. Uh, let's put it that way. And we see that it's uh, tips hand over read into uh, the, the world of um, Georgia. And, and as I say, this publication from, came from Louisiana. So thank you. Thank you for the callers and had a good conversation with them. And we uh, thank you for the Facebook chat. It's about 9.58, so I think I'll um, knock off here a couple minutes early, perhaps, and invite you always to check in on Wartscott Bulletin Board on wartscottfiles.com because we post a lot of documents out there. And uh, when, when we post them, they're your information. We post them, they're public information. Uh, you could go check. I don't think we have posted yet um, the – see what it is here that we talked about yesterday – the uh, Eighth Judicial Court um, videotape uh, uh, deposition. We may do that. We may go ahead and do that. I may send that over and, and we'll, we'll talk about doing that. So I'm talking with production. They got no problem with that. But we'll probably do that. So thank you all for to tuning in. And, and I want you to have a great weekend. We're finished with April. Hey, here we go. We're heading off to May and uh, love bug season. So there, maybe we'll get out of the pile and we'll graduate into the love bugs. <laughs> Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.